Hi there, and welcome to the MM&M podcast. My name is Jack O'Brien. I am the digital editor at MM&M, and I am joined today by a very special guest. I'm joined by Dr. Gita Nair, the chief medical officer at Salesforce. Dr. G, thank you for joining us today. Thanks so much for having me, Jack. I appreciate you coming on the show, and I kind of wanted to start off with, obviously, I think some of the big news coming out of Salesforce, your 2022 Digital Skills Index, which was released just last month. Really kind of curious if we can start off there, giving a kind of high-level overview of the findings from that report, and then we can get in some more specific questions from there. Sure, that sounds great. So as it relates to the kind of gaps that you know come into the healthcare employees' skill set, I'm really kind of curious, you know, what did you make of the findings as it relates to that front? I know our audience of medical marketers are certainly most interested in that aspect of the report. So, you know, our, our 2022 Digital Skills Index really just sheds light on the need for digital skills training across the board for healthcare workers. And it really covers areas like preparedness, um, access to learning resources, skill level, participation in training. Uh, it really runs the gamut. And essentially, we had about 1,800 different healthcare workers who responded uh, to our Digital Skills Index. And so we feel we've got a really good representation across the industry, including clinicians, nurses, and those on the front lines. And really what we see is that there are significant gaps in the healthcare employee skill set, including about 66% of respondents who said they do not feel ready for workplace digital skills uh, that are needed now and in the future. About 86% of respondents reported not having advanced workplace digital skills, and about 76% of respondents said they're not actively participating in learning or training to gain digital skills. So you can see that, you know, this is really important as we think about digital transformation and where the industry needs to go. And as we think about the workforce shortage generally across the board uh, in healthcare right now. I'm glad you brought up the statistics because as I was going through the report, those were probably some of the most troubling that I saw. And I guess because we like to position these conversations as not only focusing on the problem, but rather what the solution in hand is, you know, what is that for healthcare leaders? How do they, you know, say, okay, we have this very clear issue as it relates to digital skills. What do I do to fix that problem within my organization? Well, they told me that we couldn't talk forever, but I've got a couple of t- a couple of tips for organizations out there that are are trying to figure this out. So, so first and foremost, I think a recognition that that, that there is workforce uh, burnout that that the system is tapped, and and remembering that as you think about digital transformation, the only way to have a really good patient experience is to have also a, a seamless and frictionless backend that then leads to um, the better patient experience. So if your staff is burned out, if your staff doesn't feel prepared or, or knowledgeable on the skills, that, the digital skills they need for both the backend and front end, it really does impact patient care. So I think one, that recognition. Two, look, it's it's we continue to live in a technology revolution, and this really needs to be baked into training from the beginning, whether it's nursing school uh, medical school, healthcare, you know, business administration. These these digital these digital skills are evolving. They're not necessarily intuitive, and so making it part of that that training and that process is really critical. The other piece that I think we have perhaps missed the missed the mark on as an industry is when we think about everything digital. We've often thought about that as just the EHR, right? We talk about digital transformation and we assume it's just 
Epic or Cerner. And the reality is the EHR has built the IT infrastructure, the IT highway. But now we're at a place where we can customize. Now we're at a place where we can focus on the patient experience, which is not the EHR, right? The EHR is a physician-facing, nurse-facing technology and largely an administrative documentation um, technology. But as we think about everything that we learned through the pandemic, it's now about focusing on the patient, the customer experience, the, the 360 view of the patient. And those are new technologies, right? This is why Salesforce is in this space. These are new technologies. And so how do you train and integrate that in your culture, in your workforce, and make sure very, very different from the EHR revolution? How do you bring both your administrative staff and clinical staff along the journey with you and get their inputs get their inputs into vendor selection, get their inputs into implementation, into training, and making sure that it's integrated. And there's constant training, not just the one time you go live, but that there's constantly an opportunity to, to pivot, to grow, and to also get uh, bi-directional feedback from your staff. So, so just a couple of my highlights, Jack, but you might have to bring me back to talk more <laughs> about the other things organizations can do, but that's a, that's a good start. Absolutely. And I, I appreciate you highlighting that last point. I think it's a conversation I've had with a lot of leaders over the past few years. It's just the idea of revamping your EHR is not a one-time thing. It's a very fluid and dynamic um, operation and process that organizations have to go through. Kind of backtracking a little bit, I guess on the go forward, I'm curious if you feel optimistic as it relates to making these digital transformations happen. I remember at the start of the pandemic, there were so many people saying like, you know, is telehealth going to be able to live up to the care delivery demands of the moment. And this was what some people considered an unproven technology or not fully realized. And they were able to do that in this course of about a month or two. And we're obviously still higher than the levels we had pre-pandemic. As it relates to being able to train these employees and be able to fill in some of those gaps, if we were looking at the next, say, two to five years, are you optimistic that organizations can look at the issues at hand and say, we're going to meet the moment. We're going to have more of this training that you talk about and have our employees feel more empowered and comfortable with the technology. You know, I'm an eternal optimist. And if you look at everything we went through during COVID, we did a lot of this overnight and there really was no mm -hmm. training, right? If you have really good technology that's intuitive, you also should require minimal training, right? So it first starts with buying the right technology. I always say the best, best technology in healthcare as far as the workforce is concerned, is invisible technology, right? That's kind of not interfering in that doctor-patient visit and not adding friction uh, to, to the whole equation. We are operating in a world where everyone is being asked to do more with less, right? So the need for automation, the need for, for operational efficiencies is certainly there. There are a lot of economic pressures. So I'm very optimistic that organizations are looking at technology as a way to scale their workforce and scale those things for because of all of those financial pressures as well as workforce pressures. And look, we did it overnight in the pandemic. We have the opportunity now to actually strategize and to think not just for the short term, but for the long term. And one of the most important things to keep in mind is that workflow, right? I'll, I'll give you just a really simple example. But when we rolled out our electronic health record at the provider system I was working at at the time, you know, everyone had thought about everything but the workflow. And when we actually, which it was desktops at the time, when we actually went live, what happened is... The desktops and the way the desks were situated uh, per the examining room, you were completely turning your back to your patient, right? And that absolutely interfered with the workflow. It interfered with, with bedside manner. And so while these might seem like small things, it's really important to test, 
go live, have a beta, uh, very similar with telemedicine look overnight. We, we focus so much in medical school on, on bedside manner, but now we have to teach doctors and nurses website manner. I mean, how many times have you gotten on the phone and you're looking at someone's nostril hair? It's not particularly attractive. You don't really want to talk about your 7 out of 10 back pain, right? And so these are the things, but they're so solvable. When you, know, you ask me if I'm optimistic, they're, they're so solvable because the technology is there and often the people part it is a little harder and the workflow workflow part is a little harder. But if you're engaging the stakeholders and the end users that are going to use these technologies, and if you're investing in technologies such as CRM that are so intuitive and so behind the scenes, there's often not a big lift as well, right? So you want to be thoughtful of that. And also to be really candid, you know, everything cannot be solved with the EHR. So I think that's the other mistake we make in healthcare. Well, you know, there's the portal and there's this... You know, we we won't pretend to be an EHR, right? We know our lane. I think you have to know the lane of your technology. You have to know what what problem is there to solve. But the idea that one one piece of your infrastructure can solve for it all is is just a mistaken and flawed strategy. So being mindful of all of that, I think going forward into 2023 means that we have enormous opportunity for progress. Of all the things we were going to talk about today, I didn't think nostril hairs was going to come up in the course of the conversation. <laughs> so I, well, I appreciate that we're, we're, we're broadening our perspectives here. Um, one thing I wanted to highlight in the report, which I don't think that we've talked about in full, is just how cybersecurity and encryption factor into all of this. I think that every organization, whether they want to admit it or not, thinks, oh, no, we've gone through you know whatever necessary training or our employees are up to snuff on that. I'm, but the, the report suggests otherwise. So I'm kind of curious just from your perspective how cybersecurity works into this whole idea of uh, the digital skills gap. Well, it's really table stakes, right? Cybersecurity, HIPAA compliance. I mean, all of these things need to be table stakes in healthcare. We're dealing with very sensitive information like HIV status, mental health status. These are really non-negotiable areas and, and need to be core to the technology that you invest in and the trainings and, and go forward strategy. I, I appreciate you uh, going through that. I guess if, if I wanted to pivot the conversation just a little bit to the fact that obviously I'm talking with you and you are you know, representing Salesforce here, which is a major technology player. I think a company that a lot of people look at and maybe healthcare is not the first thing that they think about. So, you know, as we're having this conversation heading into 2023, I'm really kind of curious what Salesforce is paying attention to as it relates to the healthcare landscape and maybe where we can see them, you know, start to position themselves in the years to come. Sure. Again, you know, we are the number one CRM on the planet and we see ourselves as powering the business of health. So when we think about the 360 view of the patient, we think about the 360 customer experience, it's very similar and, and it's very complementary to where the industry is going right now when you look at the digital imperative, consumer expectations, policies around virtual care. Our offerings are really met are really meant to meet the patient where they're at and drive those operational efficiencies that are so desperately needed in healthcare and, and bring those costs down, right? By by driving the outcomes, by automating the things that should be automating, leaving human touch where it needs to be. That's really where we see playing in the space. And we've done it in virtually every other industry. So we feel that we're best best suited for it. And healthcare is finally ready for it, right? We are that much more relevant actually as we exit the pandemic because this revolution has been accelerated and we have realized doctors and patients can do virtual care and, and are willing to 
you know, engage with their patient, engage with their providers via text, via um, a video visit. And so, so much of what we tried to do in healthcare has has happened so quickly because of the pandemic, and that has really only accelerated Salesforce relevance in the space. I'm curious if there was any message that you would send along to those in our audience who, I mean, there are a lot of people that are lifers in healthcare, it seems, veterans for years and years who might look at the Salesforce of the world and other, you know, giant technology companies and say, you know, they're, they're here to disrupt or like healthcare may never be the same, but you obviously have a healthcare background and are able to, you know, speak with them on the level. I'm just curious if there was any sort of message that you would pass along to them who may have some sort of skepticism or resistance, I guess you could say, to, you know, outside players coming in and trying to make change in the industry. Sure. So again, first, we have been in healthcare for over 20 years. So if you think of every major logo, provider system, pharma, med tech company, we are, we are their, their backbone on, on the CRM side. And, and again, healthcare is so ripe for our technology in a way that it hasn't been in the past 20 years. We, we really, our relevance has really been accelerated due to the pandemic. And we have experts from across the industry that make up our team. I am one of a team of healthcare experts, one of many doctors, many nurses, many industry experts from, from the farmer administrative side. So this, this space is certainly not new to us. And I would just echo my earlier statements that everything cannot be done by the EHR. You really want to welcome uh, new types of technology. You want to welcome a platform such as ours that can grow and expand with your organization. Uh, it, the time of point solutions is over, right? We saw a lot of this during the pandemic. Oh, this will pass. So we're just going to throw in a telemedicine vendor. We're going to throw in a texting vendor. We're going to throw in a call center uh, chatbot. You know, every, this, the idea that you have multiple solutions and multiple vendors, I think that strategy is old. And now the hospital system, now the pharmaco uh, company, now the med tech company is saying, um, how do I grow and evolve with this really fast landscape? And again, under all these economic pressures, how do I scale? And, and Salesforce's ability to do this from a patient 360 standpoint, from a virtual care standpoint, um, from all of the technologies we offer in the payer space is, is unparalleled to, to grow and expand as organizations continue to invest in the space and invest in their workforce. As you mentioned, right, Jack, as they're also learning from their workforce, up training and upskilling their workforce and saying, okay, we've gotten through phase one. We're ready for phase two. And, you know, we, we believe we're incredibly competitive in this space and not, uh, not many vendors can command the diversity of, um, uh, of skills and technology we can offer with our platform. So we continue to work with all the big logos out there and are proud of the work we accomplished during the pandemic and are looking for uh, success in, in the new year. Absolutely. And I'm so glad to hear you talk about those parallels of what we saw during the pandemic with organizations standing up different technology or getting a handle on uh, what was in front of them from an innovation standpoint. And I've really appreciated this conversation, Dr. G. Always uh, appreciate being able to have leaders like you on here to you know, walk through these reports and offer your insights. I guess if just as we sign off here, if there were any sort of uh, takeaways or final insights from the report that maybe we didn't touch on that you think would be meaningful for our audiences, we'd love to hear them. 
You know, I think we, we covered it for the most part, but the biggest thing is taking the workforce with you, right? Not doing this to the healthcare workforce, ensuring that whatever digital transformation strategy or technologies your organization has invested in, ensuring that you're doing this with your administrative staff, with your clinical staff, getting their buy-in from the stakeholder long before the stakeholder or end user has to actually uh, touch the technology, making sure that there, there is sort of multiple betas because there are many different hiccups in the workflow that may or may not have been anticipated. Uh, sometimes you're so focused on the technology, you don't kind of step back and zoom out and understand the process and people around those. So, so being mindful of those. And again, I, I think this recognition that there is a time and place for automation, there is a time and place for virtual care, but um, babies still have to be born, surgeries still have to be done, and there is a time for just a good old-fashioned way that we did things and, and, the, and knowing the difference and being able to understand uh, when is, is appropriate for, for what visit and, and what. And, you know, very similar to a, a chatbot. When you have a very, very straightforward case and you're able to just engage with the chatbot online and get your answer or your question answered, but when you fall out of that algorithm, when do you need that human touch and when do you need that human uh, component? I think healthcare is, is still figuring out those different types of patients, visits, and, and back-end uh, resources and how to allocate them. Excellent. Well, again, Dr. G, I really appreciate your insights here, and hopefully we can have you on the pod again to talk about you know, all the innovations we're going to see next year and certainly all the exciting stuff that's coming out of Salesforce as well. So really appreciate your time. Thanks, Jack. We'd love to come back. Really appreciate you having us on.